So we're doing a series called How to Get Through What You Are Going Through. In other words, what to do so that you can get through. We found out that one of the ways that will help us maintain a positive expectation is we must not look at the things that we're going through as permanent fixtures. We must see and understand the things we're going through are simply a season. Storms come, storms go. But oh, thank God, you and I can make it through to the other side. And these challenges that we face, they come from the outside trying to penetrate the inside. But you've got someone living on the inside of you that's greater than the forces that are coming against you on the outside. So we deal with these things from the inside out. We keep our hearts healthy. We keep our hearts nurtured. We keep our hearts filled so that when these things come out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. Out of the abundance of the heart, those things on the outside are going to be nullified. So when you're facing things, don't store it up. Don't store it. Don't ignore it, but process it. There is a process. There is a cooperation that must take place between you and God working together through these storms to get to your place called there. Amen. So how we process these challenges determine our outcome. I defined the word process last week. It is a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. Amen. David said this, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we looked at this, I will what? Fear no evil. Number one, we will not fear. Number two, because you are with me. Because you're with me and for me and on the inside of me, I'm not afraid. And so even though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, what do they do? They comfort me. So we're leaning on and we're, 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 we're stepping into the help that the comforter brings to us. So the big word for this series is through. Everyone say through. So God's part is his presence. Don't you love his presence? God's part is his promises. God's part is his power. And our part is how we process, how we participate, and how we cooperate with his presence. How we activate the promises of God. How we participate consistently in fellowship with the Lord. We are made to finish. We are not made to go halfway through. We are made to get all the way through. And not finishing brings a great deal of frustration into people's lives. The Apostle Paul said this. In 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Timothy 4, 7, he said, I have fought, what kind of fight? I have fought the good fight and I have finished the race. Because Paul fought the good fight, the race didn't finish him. He finished his race. Amen. 
I have kept the faith. Now, him writing to a young man in the ministry, Timothy, he said in 1 Timothy 6.12, he said, now, Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. You know what the good fight of faith is, don't you? It's a fight that you win. So he says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. Now, what is this fight of faith? Part of this fight of faith is this. Taking control of your emotions and your thoughts and your words and staying in faith for the duration till you get through. And did you know that a big part of fighting the good fight of faith is resting? Resting in Him? Resting in the promises of God? Hebrews said this, They which have believed have entered into rest. You'll never be able to enter into rest until you believe. Faith is an extremely important factor for resting. So as you believe, you enter into that place called rest. Amen. Resting in what, Pastor? Resting in the finished works of Christ. Resting in the finished works that He wrought for you and I. Resting in what He has done. And resting in what He has made available to you. And you know, I've discovered that I cannot rest and worry at the same time. That's why he tells us in the book of Psalms. He says, cast your burden on the Lord. Releasing the weight of it and He will sustain you. Thank God for being sustained by Him. Now notice, and He will never allow the consistently righteous to be moved, made to slip, to fall or to fail. Say that with me. It's, that's me. Amen. I'm not going to slip. I'm not going to fall. And I'm not going to fail. So just as faith is required to enter into the rest, casting your burdens upon the Lord is required to stay in the rest. Because once you've entered in, the enemy is going to try to get you out. And he presents all sorts of thoughts and imaginations and suggestions to your soul. But if you will cast your burden on the Lord and keep it there and continuously fight the good fight of faith, you win. It's like Brenda said, we're more than conquerors. Now notice what he said in Psalm 37 in verse 5. And I want you to read this with me. Participate with me. Ready, read. Commit your way to the Lord. Roll and repose each care of your load on Him. Trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident also in Him... Who's going to bring it to pass? Not you. Not me. Anybody ever tried that? How'd that work for you? It doesn't. No. He is the one that will bring it to pass. Just do your part and know God is working. That a system and a process has been set in motion. And your harvest is coming. 
Say with me, my father is a finisher. Jesus is a finisher. And I am a finisher. Now we know that the enemy tries to do three things. He's a stopper, he's a blocker, and he's a discourager. And he uses those things to cause us to quit. But our commitment is this. I am going to get through this. I absolutely refuse to give up hope. I'm not going to let my hope go. I'm not going to let my faith slip. I refuse to give up hope. Did you know that there's hope for today? There's healing for today. There's hope for today. And there's hope for tomorrow. As a matter of fact, we're going to see an interesting revelation from the book of Hebrews chapter 6. And I want to read it to you from a couple of translations. First, I want to read it from the NIV. And it says this. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Now, mind you that your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And the scripture says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. It is firm and secure. It enters into the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has already entered into on our behalf. Behind the veil. Into the very presence of God. This anchor of hope is attached to the mercy seat. This anchor of hope is attached to the presence of God. Do you see why it's so important not to let your anchor go? Not to pull it up, but to keep it down? Notice in Hebrews 6, 19 and 20, uh, verse 18 through 20 from the uh, Passion says, So it is impossible for God to lie. Aren't you glad? For we know that His promise and His vow will never change. I'm glad He never changes. I'm glad he's not a man that he should lie. Amen. And it goes on to say, And now we, that's you and that's me, what do we do? We run into his heart to hide ourselves where? I'm hiding myself in his faithfulness. Amen. Now notice this. This is where we find his strength and comfort For He empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time in unshakable hope. Amen. We seize what He's already made available to us. Now verse 19, read it with me. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God Himself Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. Woo! Glory to God. So this hope then is an anchor for your soul. This confident anchor-like hope fastens into the very presence of God. And we need this anchor. Because in life... There's high tides. In life, there's high waves. In life, there are floods. 
But here's what this anchor does. This anchor keeps us from drifting and holds us in place so we won't get carried away. This anchor of hope holds my soul. It holds your emotions. It holds your mind and enables you to be stable in a very unstable world. Just because the world is unstable and is going back and forth and up and down doesn't mean you have to be unstable. Our stability is in Christ Jesus. Our stability is found in this anchor of hope. Our anchor is fastened to the presence of God. Our anchor is fastened to the rock, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. Woo, glory to God. I'm about to preach myself happy. So hope will keep us at rest, firm and steady. When your mind is bombarded by thoughts and giving up, this hope will anchor you. Now, it doesn't keep the storms from coming. We're not in heaven yet. We're still in California. Is that right? Now we're on our way to heaven. Amen? And we're singing... And we're shouting the victory all the time, all the while, while we're on our way. And we praise God and we keep our anchor down. So the storms will come. They come and they go. There's a ship in San Diego that has been retired. It's the USS Midway. It was a defender of freedom, an aircraft carrier. For World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, and the Gulf War. And in the anchor room, there's a massive, think of this, 40,000 pound anchor that's stored. And the chain that holds the anchor is wound about around these great huge spools. And each chain link weighs over 130 pounds. It is said that when they would let the anchor down, and that was a 4,000 men and women ship, that when they would let the anchor down, there was a vibration that everyone on the ship could feel it. <laughs> Glory to God. It took a grip at the bottom of the ocean on a rock. Well, likewise, in the storms of life, the Apostle Paul said that we have an anchor for our soul, which hopes, which grips, praise God, the solid rock, which is Jesus. Save me, my soul is anchored in Him. Oh, lift your hands. Glory to God. Some of you need to let the anchor down right now and give Him some praise. Glory to God. My soul is anchored in the Lord. My soul is anchored in the Lord. I'm attached to the very presence of Almighty God. Woo! Glory to God. Amen. Amen. See, anything that we're anchored in other than God will not work in this day. We'll drift away. It won't hold us. Money will not hold us. Jobs will not hold us. Nothing in this world can hold you. But we have a God 
that has tattooed a picture of you on the very palms of his hands. And the one who created this universe is holding you and is carrying you. And not only is he holding you, but he's upholding every one of us. He's, come on, saints. You see, underneath are those everlasting arms. You may feel like you're fallen, but he's able, come on, he's able to keep you from falling. He's able to keep you from failing. Because you see, about the time you start to fall, underneath are my heavenly Father's everlasting arms. And those everlasting arms will lift you. Those everlasting arms will lift you and hold you and uphold you in the darkest days of your life. Woo! Glory to God. His everlasting arms are in this place today. If you have felt like you're fallen, if you've felt like you have failed, He's here today to restore you. He's here to lift you. If you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, He's here, praise God, to open with open arms to welcome you into His family. Hallelujah. Is that good news or is that good news? Save me, I'm upheld by the word of His power. Here's what hope says. Hope says, God's got me. And what is this hope? Well, it's simply a confident expectation of the goodness and of the faithfulness of God. Amen. God's going to get you through. Now, we don't always have all the details, do we? We'd like them. And we don't always have the timetable in front of us. But thank God, you're at peace. I'm saying that. You're at peace. Why are you at peace? Because you know. Because you are fully persuaded. Come on, somebody. Amen. I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he's able to keep me. That he's able to restore me. For he's able to do for me what I could never do for myself. I know in whom I have believed. I know him. Hallelujah. And his hand is upon you for good. Amen. I mean, you're just like Abraham. Abraham had a promise, didn't he? He had a promise. But the promise didn't come to pass overnight. And here's what Abraham did to battle the thoughts that came to his mind. In Romans 4.18, it says, Who against hope, he believed in hope. That he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. One translation says, against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. Hallelujah. We're not talking about natural hope. We're talking about God's hope. A confident, favorable expectation of good. Abraham saw what God said and he held fast to what God had said. And as a result, he was fully persuaded. See, Abraham knew in whom he believed. Abraham was called the friend of God. God trusted him because Abraham was faithful. Amen. And through that relationship with his father, what God said to him was easy for him to believe. And he got to a place where he didn't consider his own body. Now dead. 
He didn't stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. But Abraham was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Say this with me. When it looks impossible, I believe that it is possible. Amen? All things, all things are possible to him that believes. So quickly I want to give you three things that will help us to hold on to hope. And this is a major key to getting through what you are going through. Number one, shift your focus. Shift your focus. Or refocus. Now in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 through 23, he says, But this I call, recall, and therefore have I hope and expectation. But there is one other thing, the message says, that I remember, and remembering, I keep a grip on hope. He says, it's because of the Lord's mercy and loving kindness that I'm not consumed. It's because of His tender compassions they never fail. They are new every morning, and abundant is your stability and your faithfulness. Now drop down to verse 24 and verse 25. Look at this. It says, the Lord is my portion or share, says my living being, my inner self. Therefore will I hope in him and wait expectantly for him. The Lord is good to those who wait hopefully and expectantly for him. To those who seek him, inquire of, and for him, require of him by right of the necessity and on the authority of his word. So shift your attention off all the mess and refocus. And think about the faithfulness of God. I mean, think about what He's already brought you through. Has the Lord brought you through some things? Well, what will keep Him from getting you through this time? See, the enemy always wants to say, not this time, there's no way. No, there is a way. Why? Because Jesus Christ said, I am the way. Amen. And he is Yahweh. He is the one who will take us through again what he took you through before. Now, it may be a different situation and it may be a different circumstance, but God never changes. Circumstances change. What we go through changes. But I read a scripture in Malachi 3. It says, I am the Lord and I don't change. Are you glad he doesn't change? See, we have this unchangeable word from a God who said, I will never lie to you. Glory to God. He does not change. And it it would bring us great benefit if we would have the same posture in life that we will not change. In other words, we're hooked to the rock of our salvation and we're not going to change. We're not going to change the way we see things. We're not going to change our focus, but we're going to stay focused on Him. Now remember a couple of months ago, we said that the word focused means fixed on Christ's unlimited supply every day. I want to encourage you this morning. He has an unlimited supply for you right in the valley. He has an unlimited supply for you right in the midst of the storm. 
Amen? So refocus. Number two, make sure that you watch your words. Look at your neighbor and say, watch your words. (laughs) Watch your words. Maintain your confession of faith. Hold fast. Don't allow fear. Don't allow doubt or corrupt communication to ever come out of your mouth. Don't defeat yourself with your own words. He says that we are snared by the words of our mouth. Death and life are where? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Does it matter what we say? How much does it matter? Well, it's a matter of life and death. And we have that choice every day to choose life or death, to choose blessing or cursing. Amen. Now, your tongue is your chooser. When you hook your tongue up with your spirit man is where you believe. And you have this heart and mouth connection and you say only what God says. Woo, glory to God. You're in good shape. So it's a choice. It's a choice whether we're going to live by God's words or whether we're going to live by man's words. I've chosen to live by God's word. How about you? Do we got any choosers in the house today? Lift up both hands and say, today I choose life. I choose to speak life. I choose to speak blessing over my life. See, the word that is spoken to you must be held fast to and spoken through you. Amen? Don't let your anchor go. Here's what Hebrews 10.23 says. Now, in the King James Version, the word hope there is faith. So hope and faith are synonymous in this verse. Hebrews 10.23 in the ESV says this, and I'll read it to you. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he is faithful who promised. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he is faithful who promised. I like that, don't you? That passion translation of Hebrews 10.23 says this, So now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within you, knowing that God always keeps His promises. Woo, glory to God. So we see and we understand today that our success in life is measured by the confession and our tenacity to hold fast to the promises of God. Amen. Never use your mouth to speak against your hope. So there's three voices, right? There's God's voice. How many of you ever heard God's voice? Well, maybe not audibly, but here's God's voice right here. 66 books of God speaking to you. Now say this, God's Word is God speaking to me. Amen. Now, you may 
or may not have ever heard an audible voice, right? I would venture to say probably 99 and 9 tenths of the people in this auditorium have never heard God's audible voice. And there are many people that are seeking to hear God's audible voice, but they're ignoring God's voice in His Word. What I'm encouraging you to do is to become very familiar with God's, God's voice in His Word. And as you become familiar with God's voice in His Word, listen to me, God will begin to speak to you. I mean, you'll wake up in the morning and you'll have a thought. What kind of thought? What shall I have for breakfast? No, you'll have a God thought. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You've woken up after a nap or early in the morning, all of a sudden, God's thoughts begin to flow from your heart to your mind. And you say, thank you, Lord, I see that. Hallelujah. But understand this. If you had not taken time to nurture and to feed your spirit with God's voice through His Word, you would never ever get those kinds of thoughts in the morning, in the afternoon, or in the evening. Because God's thoughts that come to you that way are always in alignment with, come on somebody, with the Word of God. Amen. And really, if you'll just become so full of the Word of God and filled with God's thoughts, you won't need an audible voice. You won't need to be warned. You'll just follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Say with me, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I'm telling you, folks. God can show you something in a moment of time that will change your life. Things you've wrestled with, things that you have not been able to know how to do, in one thought, coming from the head of the church, He can show you exactly what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. Amen. Amen. Well, that's extra. That's okay, though, isn't it? Amen. Pray this for me. Lord, fill me with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So stop straining. Stop straining. Stop sweating. Stop laboring. And enter into my rest. Enter into my word. And in my word, I'll show you exactly the way to go. I'll show you exactly what to do. I'll show you exactly how to do it. So let go of the straining. Let go of the stress. And just come on in and draw near to me. And enter into my rest. And enjoy your sonship. Enjoy your airship. And enjoy your fellowship with me. Amen. Well, that's encouraging to us, is it not? So there's three voices. God's, the enemy's, and then there's yours. So what we need to do is use our voice to agree with what God has said. And lastly, number three, make sure that you bump your hope way up. Bump your hope way up. What does that mean? That means place your hope in God 
and, and by the grace of God, your hope can come up to a higher place. Higher place. In Psalm 42 and verse 5, David was downcast. There's too many believers that are downcast. They're looking down when all the time God says, look up. In Psalm 42 verse 5, he said, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Read the rest with me. Hope thou in God, for I will yet praise him. Did you know that when your hope is present, your soul is healthy? There's one thing that I do regularly. I nurture and monitor my hopes. How many of you know that sometimes you got to look in the mirror and talk to yourself like David did? Amen. Encourage yourself. One person said it this way. The most important conversations you will ever have are with yourself. Talk to your soul. You're going to make it through. Everything is going to be all right. It is well. It is well. It is well with my soul. And then Psalm 42, verse 11. I want you to look at this verse with me. I don't think we have it in the Living Bible. So let's read it in the King James. Ready, read. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him. Living Bible, let me read it to you. But O my soul, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Don't be upset. Expect God to act. Once again, don't be discouraged. Don't be upset. Let's say it together. Expect God to act. One more time, real strong. Expect God to act. He says, For I know that I shall again have plenty of reason to praise For all that He will do, He is my help. He is my God. So turn your expectation to God up. Expect God to act. Expect God to act in your home. Expect God to act in this nation. Come on, somebody. Expect God to act in your body. Expect God to act on the job. Turn your expectancy on high. Because here's what expectancy does. Expectancy creates a winning attitude. Expect God to act. What are you expecting? I'll tell you what I'm expecting. My God's about to turn some things around. I'm expecting God to act. God's got me. Amen? His hope is holding me steady. It's changing my countenance. And I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to praise Him, for He is the health of my countenance. You know, it's amazing what happens to people's faces when they praise Him. 
It's amazing what happens to my countenance when I'm thankful. Now, Brenda has seen both countenances. She's seen the unhappy countenance. She's seen the discouraged countenance. Oh, yeah. I've been tempted. How about you? She's seen both of those countenances. And I know that she much prefers the happy countenance. I know she much prefers the healthy countenance. And sometimes she'll pull off some shenanigans just to make me laugh. She can be a very naughty girl. I guess a better word would be ornery. Now, last night, for example, we're in front of YouTube. We're watching this huge, massive landslide of souls at OU Stadium come into the kingdom of God. Beautiful. And so, if you receive Jesus, text to this number. She took my phone and texted my number <laughs> and, and told them I got saved. She probably thought I'd never see it. Because I look at my text once in a while. I looked at my text this morning. I saw this funny number. I thought, what in the, what in the world is this? <laughs> Hi, this is Sheridan. <laughs> okay, Sheridan, what's going on? He says, did you make a decision to follow Christ last night? <laughs> or do you have questions about your faith? <laughs> I walked down Hallelujah Hallway and saw her... And she just laughed and laughed and laughed. And I couldn't help but laugh. It was so much fun. But I got her. I text Sheridan right back. And I said, hello, Sheridan. I'm actually a pastor in the Bay Area of California. My wife is an honorary Okie. And text my number for humor's sake. Sorry about that. What a great harvest last night. Now, I have absolutely no idea what that has to do with the message. But I'll tell you one thing. Joy is necessary for us to get through what we're going through. We can rejoice in hope. We can rejoice in the Lord our God. We can Tap in to a merry heart because it does you good just like a medicine. Amen. So in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the waves, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace and believing that we may abound with hope by the power of the Holy Ghost. May we bubble up and bubble over and overflow with the God kind of hope as our souls are anchored into the very presence of Almighty God. Stand up, everybody. Let's give God praise today. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. And so we have access this morning into great grace. And we stand... And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I encourage you to begin expecting and experiencing the goodness of God today. Amen.
Oh, hallelujah. We're not just sitting around waiting for something to happen. We're expecting something to happen. And I want to encourage you to make some preparations. Because turnaround's coming. Breakthrough's coming. You know what you do when you have guests coming over to your home for dinner? You get prepared. Ladies, you know what you do when you're pregnant? You get prepared. You get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Because babies are coming. Amen. I want to say to you today, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Because breakthrough's coming. Turnaround is coming. The God of hope is on your case. And he's moving on your behalf. Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands. Father, we thank you so much for what we've heard today. We are so thankful that you've not left us helpless. Oh, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God. If it wasn't for your grace, if it wasn't for your mercy, we couldn't make it. But, oh, Father, we tap right in right now. Some of you need to tap into the mercy seat this morning. Tap in, go into the veil. Hallelujah. Where Jesus went for you and placed his blood on the mercy seat for you. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen.